everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mum, and effortless lifestyle coach, Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now pre-order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash order. And there you'll find all the amazing goodies that you'll get if you pre-order the book before the 10th of May. And on today's show, I have Virginia Salas Castillo. She's a serial entrepreneur who was named one of Inc. Magazine's top 26 women to change the world. And having built multiple empires, she's currently helping reconnect humanity and bring consciousness into the mainstream through the I Trust You movement after previously disputing the social media landscape through her agency, Genie TV. Virginia currently lives in Bali as she scales I Trust You, advises for different blockchain projects and mentors some of the most influential thought leaders of our time in personal growth and well-being. And what I love about Virginia is her capacity to just say what's on her mind with so much freedom. I met her back in 2015 around a campfire in Costa Rica. And interestingly enough, she told me that she had grown up half of her time here in Javier, which is where I live. So we we had a connection and then I found out that she knew a lot of the same people as I did. And since her journey to Bali. I have been a bit of an avid follower or stalker as it might, <laughs> as it were, to her story and her love story with her partner. And what's interesting about this is that they got together and then they split and then they got together again, but this time in a very different way. And so I got really curious about what had them split and what's changed and what we can learn from their experience in terms of what we can bring to the table in our own relationships, especially to those that maybe are feeling a little bit strained at the moment and particularly to our beloveds. So for those of you that may be having a challenging time with your partner, husband, boyfriend, whoever they may be, this is going to be an amazing episode for you just to listen in, tune in, to see if you're going to get any insights for yourself in your relationship. And until then, bye bye for now. So, welcome everybody. I'm super excited to have Virginia. What the surname Castillo, no? <laughs> Salas Castillo, yeah. Yeah, Salas Castillo. <laughs> I met Virginia about two and a half years ago now, or was it three? Gosh, a lifetime ago, it seems, on a Costa Rican beach around a campfire at the Mind Valley Festival where I was doing a talk and we started chatting and it turns out that <laughs> Virginia used to live in Javier, which is like weird because that's obviously where I live. And so I've been following her journey, gosh, and yeah, for, since then. And I just love her space, love where she's at. And also today I, I wanted to bring her on to talk about her relationship to her beloved, mainly because... 
I'm intrigued. Uh, I want to know more about relationships anyway, but but mainly because of her journey with that. So welcome, Virginia. So wonderful to have you here. So amazing to be here and reunite (laughs) after our beautiful campfire in Costa Rica. So Virginia, what do you do? Like, what are you up to in the world right now? Yeah, so everything I do, um, every way that I spend my time is in service of this earth and in service of the beautiful humans that get to live here. I've created a company called I Trust You. And what we do is we think of different ways in which we can solve the world's problems with very simple solutions. So everything from working on regenerative projects, reforestation, uh, sustainability, to we have a clothing company that we're also now transitioning to be as sustainable as possible, which is as you go down that rabbit hole, you realize that there's so many ends of the spectrum where you're like, okay, well, we're using bamboo. And so that's using less water, but how is the bamboo being sourced? And so there's all that kind of fun stuff that goes into it. And uh, now we're actually launching our online university, which is all about uh, awakening our superhuman potential. Uh, So you can imagine kind of like a a modern day Hogwarts. That's what I'm building. So yes, I'm a founder of a company called I Trust You that's here in service of the earth. And so if you kind of imagine like, what would it be like if companies Companies like Apple or Google, everything that they did, everything in their business model was to make this world a better place. And that's what I'm building. Gosh, you know, how inspiring. Um, And so, yeah, like, I know I reached out to you to talk about your relationship. So I really would love to know more about the journey that you've been on regarding that and how that could be really useful for anyone that's listening in around really what's going on in relationship and how to simplify them. Because of course, I think we overcomplicate things, especially our ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a really deep past with relationships my entire life. Um, I had my first boyfriend in kindergarten when I was like five years old. His name was Eric. And um, I used to have like dreams about us <laughs> living on a farm and and having pigs and riding horses and, you know, really elaborate. So I've always been a lover. And I've always, I think also as us girls, the way that we are taught in movies and, and, you know, from different media is like fulfilling yourself as the princess and as the queen of the castle. And uh, so that was always really dear to my heart, you know, like I just wanted to grow up and be in love. And so I've had a lot of beautiful experiences with love throughout my life. And I had my first boyfriend when I was 17. And, you know, everything was like responsible and beautiful and romantic. And my first time was amazing. You know, like it was just everything like flowed really nicely. And when I was 19, I actually met my future husband. And um, so, yeah, I moved to Australia and I met my future husband. And I, you know, a few a few years later, we got married and we had the most amazing marriage ever. Full of so much love, so much care, um, compassion. And it was really like, yeah, it was the perfect marriage. There's nothing that I could fault him for. There's nothing that he ever did wrong. And, and um you know, we then moved from Australia to Austria and then we started our first job together in Ireland at Apple. And so we were even like one of those couples that was married and working together in the same company in the same department and, you know, navigating that. And it was always respectful. It was always smooth. There was, yeah, I can't really think of any really arguments that we had. And sort of after like five to six years of being together, I kind of faced what a lot of relationships eventually face, which is that you're not attracted to your partner anymore. 
that they're suddenly just your friend, your best friend. And so in that time, I had to make a decision. Do I leave my best friend, um, you know, who I love more than anyone, who was my family, who we had a shared dog together? Um, or do I go out into the world again and, and fall in love and go through the whole crazy thing of being single, <laughs> which is just such a like wild west right now out there yeah. <laughs> with like Tinder and all these apps. Um, and I decided to, you know, to try that it opened our marriage. So we decided to, you know, try having other partners as well and be with other people and see what that was like. And, you know, it was interesting. It definitely brought a new level level to the relationship. So suddenly in Ireland, I had a boyfriend and a husband at the same time. And so we were having to like learn new things about, you know, ourselves and about our boundaries and what that felt like and jealousy and all this kind of stuff. Then eventually for my career, I moved to Spain and um, I, you know, I, I integrated it in life there and had a new job and the relationship kind of fizzled. Like we were trying to stay together because that's kind of what society asked of us and told of us that it's like you, you know, your, your marriage is going to be failed then if you separate. And what we actually learned is that the, uh, the highest thing that we could have done for ourselves is to go our separate ways. And with so much love and so much care, there was no anger, there was no resentment. It's like, you did this or you did that. It's just like, Hey, let's just be open to the facts. And you know, this is just what happened and it's okay. And I love you and I see you and I'm so grateful for all the time that we did have together. Uh, and so, you know, so I had that beautiful relationship behind me and, uh, you know, entered then a few different ones and always learning and always being present. And I think it's really important that we don't scar each other in relationships. It happens a lot that you bring so much baggage from other things, from other people that are, and, and often, you know, if you get cheated on or if someone's lying to you, it's, um, it's funny because your partner is doing that because they're actually trying to protect you. They might want something outside of the relationship or might want to move on or go into a different career path or move to a different country or just try to be by themselves for a while so that they, they then try to protect their partner and not tell them and just continue on the relationship instead of being open. And so I think one of the most important things in relationships is like total transparency, honesty, vulnerability, and, and the number one person that you can service is yourself. And we all, we have so much negative stigma around being like, oh, you're selfish and you're self-centered, but self-love is the most important love. And so I guess what I'm getting to with these different stories of, of relationships is the most important lesson that I was learning was how to love myself and how to um, step into relationship with myself. And, you know, we love talking about that. It's such a buzzword right now, self-love and you should love yourself. And so many people come to me and they're like, well, Virginia, like, what does that actually mean? Like, how do I love myself? Like, what is the practice of self-love? And um, I I gave a talk on this uh, two weeks ago here in Bali and I guided people, I had them close their eyes and I guided them through this very easy sort of meditation visualization where I just brought them into the space of loving themselves. And it's as easy as just saying, thank you to yourself. I love you to yourself and really feeling that, feeling the gratitude of everything that's that you've done in your life, everything that's brought you to this moment and how much you've had to push and struggle and fight to, to be here and to have all the things that you have and, and giving yourself that that moment to just reflect on that and and feel it. So I think, yeah, when I talk about relationships and, you know, what there is to share, that's the first step 
is really being present with yourself and not needing someone to fulfill your needs, not needing someone to tell you that you're beautiful or tell you that you're amazing. Especially like as a confident woman, like I'll, I'll like step into a room and I'm like, yeah, I'm beautiful. Like, yeah, I look great. Like people are, people will be like, well, like that first puts them off because we're taught to, you know, like humility is, is the right way. And you know, you put yourself to, Oh, it's me. Oh, what distress? Like, what do you mean? Like, this doesn't look good, you know, but just like stepping into that and being like, yeah, I look great. I love myself. I feel amazing. And that's why only because I love myself so much, can I even step into a relationship with you and to see you for the amazing miracle that you are instead of hoping that you'll fix me. I love that. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you were talking about self-love, what came to mind was a podcast mm-hmm. I was listening to the other day where, um, it was actually a Michael Neal podcast and he was talking about this very thing. And what I really heard in that and what I'd already kind of come to was that love, that feeling of love, that place of self-love is, uh, always there when insecurity isn't. So that, that, that place we can drop into, um, mm. because we are that, right. It's we're kind of manifest from that energy that created us in the first place. Um, so it's so interesting to me how, when I look back, I like go, okay, so how did I deal with somebody else's drama? For example, well, in the past, I used to get really hooked in and feel like that there was something that I was doing that was wrong. And now I can actually step back and go, that's your shit. That's got nothing to do with me. I'm just going to go off and actually have a really nice day. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> It's so freeing when you can come from that place. Um, Because to think that you can go into a relationship without somebody else having a little bit of drama, um, I think is also a big myth that we always get, that we're bound to have moments of going, Um, but but when I look at my son Mm -hmm. and I see (laughs) (laughs) Um, he has his own thought storms and I, and I, and I just hold him with love. That's what I do as a mum. if I don't get caught up in my own insecurity, but usually if I'm there with him and, and just loving him, regardless of whether he, you know, when he's in his tantrum, the tantrum goes away really quick. Like that creating that space of love just actually diffuses the, 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 because the energy can't go anywhere else unless you kind of start going blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, um, so my partner now, Oscar, um, one of the things that we use is if we're in an argument and we start getting into this, you know, into our egos and we forget, you know, we, you, when you have an argument, we've been noticing it's just like about the silliest things, the yeah. most useless, unimportant things. <laughs> and, and, but you rise into that sort of primal energy yeah. And you're like, oh, let's go. Like, let's fight, you know? And the thing is, is it's actually, you know, yeah. And the thing is, it's pleasurable, right? It's very, very pleasurable because because now we don't go out and hunt anymore. You know, we don't have any conflict situations. <laughs> There's nothing going on. So, so, so this is as exciting as it gets for us sometimes, you know? Like it's just, and, and so when we, when we find something and we're like, yes, let's go, let's fight. And, and we just get, and it gets, it's, it's exciting. And I remember the other day I was like shouting at him and he was just like, he's like, come here. Like, I want you to sit down, like, look at me. Like, 
and he's really trying to calm me down like on the bed he's like look just look into my eyes like eye gaze with me a little bit i'm like no i don't want to and, and he's like so you want to be mad at me and i was like yes i like being angry right now he's like is it feeling good and i'm like yes it feels really good and so i'm just kind of like working myself up you know like this little <laughs> and and he's kind of like laughing at me i'm laughing at myself you know because i'm just enjoying being in my little tantrum and um and so things that he'll ask me now is like well are you coming from a place of love or are you coming from a place of fear and how and how can we switch right now the actions that we're taking to be you know in in the mode of love like how can you now speak to me from a place of love and it changes everything and we had a, a really um our first argument about sex ever and i got really really upset because this is was for me our most sacred space like like our sex life for me was just the best, like untouchable. Like I was like, if anything else we do wrong, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, I thought we were the winners, you know, like absolutely. And there was something that came up where he was, you know, where he was putting it into question. And I was like, whoa, you know, like I got so angry and I was like, this this is a real big problem for me. And like, this is going to be an issue. And I got on my scooter we were at a restaurant and I was like, I need to go. I have a call now. Like I need to go. Like, we're going to talk about this later. And I was on my scooter and I was fuming. I was so angry. I was like, how dare he, the things that he said to me. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I, I have to break up with him. I can't, I can't possibly, I can't possibly get over this. You know, this is unforgivable. And I was like, I was like, oh, this sucks because now I'm gonna have to find another boyfriend. And like, and I'm just like, it's so difficult to find the right guy. And like, I was going through all these things. And then he's on his scooter behind me. <laughs> and, I, and then I get off the scooter and I was like, you know what? We're not going to have sex for a very long time. And we're just, we can't be physical with each other anymore because I can't bear for you to touch me. You know, and I'm so angry. And he was just like, he's like, you know, if you don't want to have sex for a while, that's okay. But um, how can we make it so that you know, this, us not being physical is coming from a space of love, you know, and not fear. And I was just sitting there and I, I couldn't think of any way that it was coming from a place of love. You know, it was coming from a place of power play, withholding, fear, anger, shame, all of these things. And not just being actually like, you know, because I love you so much, I think that we shouldn't be physical in order for us to enjoy you know, like our, our energy, even more our company, because that can also be such a beautiful mm -hmm. thing as to, from a sacred place, be like, Hey, let's try not to have sex for like a week or two and, and find new, we um, are excited by each other and connect with each other and, you know, do other things. And, you know, that could be really beautiful, but that's not what I was doing, you know? So, so yeah, so it's been interesting navigating these, these tools and something that a friend recently told me that I think is going to be useful for everybody, every couple that is listening to this and is fighting is, um, is a very simple question. So when you have an argument and let's say it's about which shampoo do we buy, right? Um, so are you getting, you know, the, the, the Dr. Jackson's organic, uh, amazing, or are you getting, you know, like, let's say lush, right. Which is, which is also good, but there's some things, you know, that are not quite natural in there. Right. So I'm, I'm sorry if I, I don't know if I can name brands, but, um, so, so let's say A or B. Right. And so, you know, the, the wife wants A and the, the man wants B and they're arguing over it. And they're like, no, but I think we should get this. And I think we should get this. And a very simple question that you can ask that will diffuse the argument is who cares more, 
right? Does the wife care more or does the husband care more? Like who's, who really is invested in which shampoo product we're using? And if it's the wife caring more, then she, she'll get to pick A, you know, because it's, mm. it's like something that she really cares about more. And so we've been using this anytime that we're at a crossroads and it's been so helpful. We're in this like little squibble and then suddenly Oscar's like, who cares more? And I'm like, okay, I care more. He's like, yes, you do, do care more. It's yours, you know? Um, can I go into a and just stopping. I care more. I care more. By the way, I care more. I'm going to justify why I care more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it could go that way absolutely as well. So, it, you know, there are these rabbit holes in relationships <laughs> that we sort of get down into and uh, we can get lost. But um. Yeah, I mean, something that I'd love to talk about in mine and Oscar's relationship, which I think is, um, you know, why we kind of got into this conversation in the first place is that something happened with us that I never expected to happen in a relationship. And, you know, which does happen. It's not uncommon, but it does happen. And, um, but it's not, it's not that much talked about. And we, I, I feel like we don't have enough ways to navigate this and, and it happened to us. So um, we actually met in London. Uh, when I was when I was living in London, and you know, we got into this beautiful relationship, just like fell in love immediately, like it just you know, love at first sight, like I saw each other, the like they were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, many many dedications. It's like I'm such a lover. Like if I, and that's why I so appreciate him being okay with me sharing our relationship because I'm such a public person online, and I do want to share everything, and and I think that with us kind of learning from each other and the more transparent and authentic that we can be instead of trying to hide, you know, be, and, and that's not saying that anyone, you know, shouldn't do that, but it's nice to have, you know, people that are open and sharing, uh, you know, what's going on for them in their lives and their relationships so that we can learn from each other and learn from the real stories and not the glossed over stories that make us, you know, we think make us look really good. Um, but yeah, so we got into this beautiful relationship and we're in London together for a year and then we moved together uh, to Italy outside of Rome into this villa and it was stunning. You know, we lived there for like 10 months and then we went to, um, we went on a Euro trip through, uh, through Europe all summer and then we moved to LA. And so in LA, we were house hunting. We found this amazing mansion that we were going to rent and um, you know, we started filming together and he actually gifted me like, cause he's an amazing filmmaker and scriptwriter as a, like a love gift to me. One day I came home from a business trip and he had written me an entire TV show, like a, a TV show pilot of, you know, my brand genie can breathe. And it was amazing. It was incredible. So hilarious. So funny. Like he wrote us into the stories. And so we were um, going to LA to pitch the show to Netflix and, um, and to, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube Red and, um, you know, all these different channels that we can find and Amazon to create this show together. And all of a sudden I was finding things about our relationship where I was like, this doesn't sit right with me. And I don't know if I see so much future. And all of a sudden we're trying to pitch the show that the center point is our relationship and potentially also us playing ourselves on the show. And, um, I, I saw that there potentially wasn't a future with our relationship. And the reason why I saw that is because, you know, we were very different people at the time and, you know, wanted different things. And for me, my career was like number one. I was like, I want to create, I want to do things. I want to build companies. I want to change the world. I want to help people. Um, and it was sometimes a drag for him having a, a woman that was so like, you know, goal orientated and, and, and so driven and that wanted to like create and, 
and you know there was other things as well and um just like imbalances in the relationship and where he was also still finding himself and and finding his space in the world and really stepping into his higher self and to his power and where often I felt like I had to sort of you know pull us through the relationship like either financially or emotionally um I was getting exhausted I feel like a lot of people can sometimes feel that in relationships where you're just like, like I am exhausted. And the thing is, it's not only you, it's them too. It's exhausting for both of you because it's just not the right fit. It's not the right balance. And so we were so in love and like just more in love than ever. Like after I, I broke up with him, it was actually over the phone before I was going to go and do a talk in Bangkok in Thailand. I was about to go on stage. Like, two hours before one of the biggest conferences I've ever spoke at, like 10,000 people. And, um, and I call him, I just decide on a whim to call him. And I already knew I was, I already knew I was going to break up with him. Like I decided on that trip, like I was speaking to my best friend about it. I was like, that's it. Like, this is, it has to, it has to stop. I was drained, you know? And, uh, I get on the call with him and we're so in tune. We're like, he just knows me so well. We're talking for like 10 minutes and he's like, are you going to break up with me? And I was like, damn it. Like he caught me, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I wasn't planning to do it over the phone. You know, like I was going to wait till I come back to LA and he's just like, he's like, if you want to break up with me, you can break up with me. Like, it's okay. Like talk to me, you know? And so we had this like beautiful, beautiful conversation and, you know, he wasn't mad. He wasn't resisting or anything. Like he understood. He was just really like, I want you to be the happiest that you could possibly be. And like, I know that I'm, you know, not providing that to you in the moment. And like, you know, if that's how you feel, like I 100% like surrender, you know, to your happiest. And, um, and you know, it's, it's like even more difficult that way, you know, like you'd wish them to be like angry at you, but like he was just full of so much love. And so I went back into my hotel room and I just cried and cried and cried for all the time that I could cry before my talk. And until my best friend came and she's like, okay get up. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to get you ready for this talk, you know, like giving me all the tissues, like wiping off my tears. And she gave me this amazing like breathwork meditation. She's like, this is going to um, reset your entire like immune system, your entire paraplegic system. And so I did this like breathing, breathing, breathing for 15 minutes. And I was like reset, like, and I was ready to go. And I actually delivered one of the best talks I've ever given. And, and it was amazing. Um, but after I came back then from Thailand, we had the most amazing like breakup week. We we're like, you know, we're going to celebrate our breakup and we're going to have the best time of our relationship. And so we went to comedy shows and we watched um, the notebook under like open air cinema and like rooftops in LA and, you know, reminisced and, and it was just so beautiful. And we actually, when I left LA, we had like our last farewell before our breakup was at Universal Studios. So we had like the most funnest, awesome day at Universal Studios. And then I say goodbye to him, like, you know, and, and, and I get on the plane to Colorado. And so, you know, it was always a celebration. Um, but, and it was difficult. So when we, when we then, you know, did, we're apart, like we would still talk and we would still, you know, say, I love you. And I'm thinking about you and all that. And it took a while to try to distance ourselves to step into the new life that we had chosen and try to be with new partners. And it was really difficult. Like the first time that I told him that I slept with someone else, you know, it's like soul crushing. Um, and it was around like six months that went past and, you know, we both saw other people and we we're both trying to get back into the routine of, of our day to days. And like, you know, we were both happy and like, I was happier than ever. Like I was, 
growing, you know, my company. I was I, here in Bali, like living my best life and having more amazing friends than I've ever had. But um, like, I never stopped loving him. I always truly, truly just like, he was always on my mind, you know? And, um, when I was, um, then left for the first time I left Bali and I was going to go to Envision in Costa Rica. Uh, I was the first time I was back actually, since we, we met there. And, uh, then I went to Colorado to visit my dog. And, um, then I had an option, right? I was like in the middle of the world suddenly, right? So Bali's on the other side. And then I'm, you know, in Colorado and I could have flown over San Francisco to go back to Bali, or I could have flown over London to go back to Bali. And I was like looking at these options and I was just like, I just need to see Oscar. Like I can't, I, I, I can't, I, knowing that I'm so close now. Um, and I just, you know, found all these reasons why London was the way better airport to fly over and, you know, that I'll stay there for a few days. So I, scheduled in like a week and I was like, you know, Oscar, I'm, I'm coming to London. And, um, and we had a lot of conversations about that. Like, how would it be? Like, would we be physical or like, what would we choose and things like that? And, um, I'd scheduled a few, um, business meetings as well while I was in London. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to be taking business meetings. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be focused. I can't let myself be too distracted. You know, maybe I'll go on like one or two dates with him. And, um, (laughs) then, uh, one of my advisors actually, who was in, um, in Wales said he would drive all the way to, um, to London to pick me up from the airport at like eight o'clock in the morning. And so, um, and then, you know, he, we were going to have different meetings and, you know, do all this business stuff. And then, um, Oscar was going to see me the first day that I came, like after I arrived from the airport. Um, but then I had to cancel cause I was like, Oh, well our advisor is coming and then we have all these meetings like, um, you know, don't come or like, you know, we can't meet up. And so I later then found out that he was going to surprise me at the airport. Like he was going to actually, you know, welcome me and stuff. And I was like, damn it, I missed that chance. Um, but that first night when I was in London, uh, we, I scheduled like a comedy show, um, like with our advisor and, you know, one of my friends. And uh, so we were at this comedy show and the whole time, like I was thinking about Oscar because he also does stand up comedy and and it was like 11 o'clock at night when we finished. And I was like, damn, I just like want to go to his house, you know? So I texted him and I was like, hey, are you awake? And then I was like, no, I can't do that. Like, I can't text him. Like, it's so lame of me. I have to be like resilient, you know? And um, and I was like, I can't just like fall into this whole thing again. So I like on WhatsApp, now you could like delete the message. So I like deleted the messages that I wrote to him. And I like, you know, got, went home and went to bed. And I was like, good. Like I did that. Like, cause I didn't want it to be like a, you know, 11 o'clock at night, like, almost like a booty call or something and like doesn't feel like in total like sacredness and integrity and so but so I went to bed and the next morning I hear this like banging on my door like someone's like about to like knock down my door I just like bang 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 and I'm just like who the hell like I'm in an Airbnb nobody knows where I live you know and um so finally I was like they're not knocking on my door but then I just hear like genie and I'm like okay like I guess someone's here so I wake up and I'm like in my PJs and I open the door and there's like Oscar standing there, like totally like cruel intentions, Ryan Shalib with like long black coat, like looking like smoldering and sexy. Like he's like, I try to call you, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, he saw my text from the night before uh, and that I deleted. So he was like, what's going on? Like I, I have to like go over there and I'd send him my Airbnb address before. Cause that's what he was going to pick me up for like our previous date. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was so beautiful. Like that moment, you know, like just like reconnecting and seeing him and, and just like 
just knowing how much I loved him. And, and so without like saying anything or, or like, you know, like welcoming him, I just kind of like stretched out my hand and like grabbed his hand and just, just quietly just brought him with me to my bed. And then I just like snuggled him, you know, (laughs) we just like snuggled. And, um, and so, you know, instead of me doing all this business stuff, we just spent this like whole week together in London and it was so beautiful. And, um, just like really, like really true, you know, often when we're in love with someone, we try to argue with our brains and our minds of like, why it doesn't work and why it's not perfect. And, um, and a lot of that is fear is because we are protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we want to be safe and we don't want to be hurt because when we give our heart you know, to someone that we actually truly love, um, it's scary. And we feel vulnerable. And so our mind comes up with so many ideas of, of why that shouldn't work. And, um, but in that week, we just really sort of surrendered into it. And I was just like, you know, we can just be lovers. <laughs> you know, like, that's just so easy. And um, for, for some reason, um, in that week, I kept on telling him, like, come to Bali, come to Bali. Like, you're going to love Bali. Like, come visit me. And, um, and like, you have to check it out. Like, it's paradise there. And the food is amazing. And um, you're just going to love it. And, and then, but my brain was saying like, no, that's Bali is like your sacred ground. Like that's your place, your new home. Like you can't have him coming there. Like you're going to find a new partner, like someone that's better suited to you or whatever, you know, like brain coming up with all of these ideas. And, um, but I, but I kept on saying come to Bali. And then, you know, finally I left London and I was back here at home and, uh, and I was really thinking about him a lot and, and, and still staying really connected to him. And, and then eventually when we we're on one of our phone calls, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I do think I'll come and visit you in Bali in the next few months and stuff like that. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Um, and then my brain is still saying like, oh, like he shouldn't come. That's not a good idea. But my heart is like, yes, he might come to Bali. Um, and then like a week later, we're on the phone and, and I was like, by the way, like if you come to Bali, like don't make it a surprise. Don't make it some like romantic gesture, <laughs> you know, and just like show up, you know, show up at my door because then that would mean something, you know, like that would, you know, that would mean like we're coming back together or whatever. And this needs to be more neutral. Like we're lovers, you know, like you tell me like, cause we're just friends, you know, like all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, Oh, so if I come to Bali, I should tell you like 100% you're sure. And I'm like, yes, 100%. If you come to Bali, you have to tell yeah. me. And he's like, I'm coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I already bought a ticket. Like I, I fly in the 10th of April. And I was like, what? And like in that moment, my heart was like, you idiot. You should have let him surprise you. That would have been so much better. And, um, you know, it's, it's so funny how many mind games we play with with ourselves, you know, of like what we what we want and we're stopping ourselves from wanting. And um, yeah. And then so he came to Bali and then, you know, my mind was playing the next game with me. And uh, do you pick him up from the airport or do you not, you know? And so I, you know, I like did, I told him that I wasn't picking him up and all that kind of stuff, like gave him all the instructions of how to get from the airport. And then, and I asked one of my friends and, and I was like, yeah, you know, so my ex, he's coming and this and that. And I'm like, what do you think? Like, should I pick him up from the airport? And she like looks at me and she's like, Virginia, I've never heard you light up more when talking about anybody, you know, like you really care about this man. And I was like, 
yeah, I do. <laughs> and she's like, of course you should pick him up from the airport. Um, so I was like, okay. And, um, and I did, I surprised him and he was super happy. And, and I was still like keeping my distance. Cause I was like, yeah, like we shouldn't be physical with each other and we shouldn't do this. And, you know, trying to create all of these circumstances and barriers and rules for our relationship. Um, and, uh, but we just fell into it again. Like, you know, like always, because that's what love is. That's what your heart is. It, it does what it truly desires and it does what it truly wants. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really funny. Cause you know, we, we're spending all this time together. Cause, cause you know, so I was like, make sure, you know, you have your own place. You're not going to stay with me. And so the first night when he arrived from the airport, um, you know, he stayed at, at the place that he booked. And then every night after he stayed at my place, <laughs> so he, he was like paying for his like own place, you know, that safety net. And then we're like, we're not going to move in together. We're not going to anything. And then, um, finally I, um, like, yeah, I was just like, this isn't right. Like we're not, this, this, this isn't, this isn't natural. Like as, as humans, like we're always supposed to progress and we're supposed to go on to the next thing. And I'm, I need to have someone better and I need to have someone that's richer. I need to have someone that's this, you know, like all of these things. And, um, and then, so I was like, Oscar, this is it. Like we need to break up like no more. And so, you know, we broke up the relationship and it was awful. Like it was really heartbreaking. Like both of us were just like in total agony. And then one morning we were texting and I was just like, man, I just wish I could like turn off the lights and you can just like sneak in and like cuddle me, you know? And he was like, if there is any chance that you and I have a chance together, like that could still be together. Like I'm going to come over there right now. Like we need to talk about this in person, you know, instead of all this back and forth. So, and then, so he came, so he decided to drive over and I was like, I was like, you know, like, I don't think that there's a chance, but you know, like, um, let's just talk in person because like this over the phone stuff doesn't make sense. And so he, he drives to my house and we're, he's sitting on my bed and I'm like looking at him. My whole body language is just like, no, like, no, we're not going to be together. Like, no, I'm not going to let you. And, um, and he, he was just like, you know what? Like this whole time when we broke up and all that stuff, like I didn't fight for you. He's like, I remember once you said to me, if I'm stupid enough to break up with you, fight for me. And he's like, I never fought for you. Now I'm going to fight for you. And I was like, wow. And a lot of things clicked for me in that moment when he was there, like showing up, like in his like divine masculine and, and just being such a rock and being so, so present that I was like, you know, both of my parents were married three times and all three marriages, you know, they're not together anymore. And my parents would always fight they would fight so, so much, but they never fought for each other. And I realized that I didn't, this was a foreign concept to me of us truly fighting for one another, being present for another. And, um, and I was like, wow, like I never really gave this a chance. Like I never really fought for this relationship. And, um, and he said, look, like, let's suggest this, like here in, um, in Bali, we do a lot of like beautiful ceremonies where we will like go into sort of like native um, American ancient traditions where we sit around the fire and we like chant and we sing and, um, and doing this has been so healing for me. Like it's really a change because I, it's difficult for me, um, you know, to meditate every day and, um, and to do these things like that are such important practices for our minds to truly be present to who we are and, and how grateful and blessed we are to be on this earth. And these ceremonies have been really good for me and I've always wanted to bring him to one. And so he said, He's like, how about this? Let's go to the next ceremony and let's sit all night and pray. 
you know, play with your whole Bali family and everyone. And let's see if we are meant to be together. If like, let's really try this. And I was like, whoa, you know, this is, this is really a way that he's showing up for me. If he's like ready to come and like sit by the fire and, you know, be awake all night and just like sing and pray and, and see if, if this relationship is meant to be like such so much dedication. And I was like, this man has flown all the way from like London to Bali for you. And he's like shown you nothing but, but love and, and consistency and showing up. And all you're doing is running away from him in fear because your mind is telling you that you should be with someone else or look for something else or, or that is it coming from maybe a place that you don't think you're worthy of this love. And so I was like, I really want to explore that. And I really want to look at that. And um, so I was like, okay, you know, um, I was like, you get to take me on a date tomorrow or something, you know, I was like, let's, let's go for dinner. And he's like, okay, I'm going to make this the best date ever. And so um, he like tells me to meet him. He's like, it's very specific time. It's really important that you're there. And I was like, okay. And um, so he brings me to this like, square in in Changu with like there was like a playground and like all these restaurants and all this stuff and then he like stands me before this wall and he's like okay stand here I'm like standing in front of the wall and all of a sudden a projector turns on and it's like his face and he's made me this entire like movie of like our relationship and it's like him talking to me and and it's just so beautiful it was like a marriage proposal and I was like standing there like just tears in my eyes um, and in front of like all these people, all these strangers, like witnessing our relationship, so amazed and so touched at like how this man, like over and over again, shows up for me and like, you know, shows me that he loves me publicly and is not willing to hold back or spare any like expense or time to really be there, you know. And and you know, we went to the ceremony and we prayed and and it was funny because you know he was expecting. He, he like kept on looking at me like he was expecting like God or the universe to give me some type of divine answer <laughs> that we should be together. And um, eventually throughout the night, like I just kind of had to laugh because there was sort of like no question whether we should be together again or not. Because, you know, if he's willing uh, to step in here, you know, with my whole family and be there and be present and um, and pray for me, like, of course he is my man. I just wanted to watch the type of man that he was while doing it, you know, like how much would he complain? Like what, what, how would he show up, you know? And so I was just kind of really observing him and, and, um, and it is, it's, it's quite exhausting, like staying up all night. That's the biggest thing you're fighting sleep and your whole body's like, Oh, like, why do I have to sit here? Cause it's very traditional. Like you can't go up, you can't go to pee, you can't drink water. Like you're, you're present, you know, these, um, these tribes, they do these vision quest ceremonies where they go into the desert four days and, um, four nights without any water and standing up, you know? Um, and so these like different things have been so like very helpful to seeing like how resilient we are as humans. Um, and so, you know, he was really stepping up and he was being there and being powerful and, and not complaining and being by my side. And, and I was like, yeah, this is really the man that I want to spend my life with. This is really someone that, you know, comes and steps up over and over again. And, um, stepping up into this new relationship has been like, I mean, the first time it's been super beautiful, like just coming as the new people that we are and the, you know, everything that he's learned in the six months that we've been apart and everything that I've learned and how we've been able to progress and develop ourselves. Um, but also being really conscious about not bringing back old patterns and being like, Oh, well, you know, you always did this or you did this. And 
if ever I bring something that up and he's like, well, was that Oscar from the old relationship? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess it was. And he's like, well, don't compare that because that's not what's happening right now. And so I was like, okay, sorry. You know? So yeah, so that's kind of where we are right now. And it's, um, it's just really beautiful. And so for anyone that has some kind of is listening to society and what they say about going back with your ex or going, you know, or being in a relationship where, you know, they don't look, you know, doesn't fit to your Instagram status or to your bio or whatever. Um, that's so irrelevant. And I really want, one of the things as well is Oscar and I are 10 years apart. So that was always a huge criticism from people like, Oh, he's so much younger than you, you know? Um, and it's the same thing like with gender and gender equality and, you know, man loving a man and a woman loving a woman, the same thing. It doesn't matter, you know, what the age is. Um, as long as those two people show up in their highest and are truly dedicated and committed to each other. That's such a beautiful story. And you tell it so graciously. And I, what, what kind of listening while I was listening to what you were saying, a couple of questions showed up. The first one was what changed? What actually did change? Mm -hmm. Like, Somebody's listening to this and going, okay, like I've got a lot of stress in my relationship right now. I want to walk away, but I don't know how. I don't know, even know if it's the wrong relationship or the right relationship. I'm really confused. So how did you know that the relationship that you were in before you broke up was not working for you? Mm. Like it just, you knew that you needed to break it off. And then I guess the mm. second question would be, what's changed? Yeah, I guess, um, uh, I mean, one of the main factors, like why, you know, I knew in the first relationship that I needed to break it off is because um, he was going through a lot of depression. He was in a state of mind where, you know, I would try and try and try to make him happy. And I wasn't succeeding. You know, I was like, everything that I can think of to give him, I was giving him, you know, like, oh, let's move to this house in Italy. Like, let's go on vacation to... The Dominican Republic and Jamaica and here and you know bringing him to all these places but I couldn't make him happy and so I think um the biggest part and this is coming back to self-love is that he hadn't fallen in love with himself yet and I probably hadn't either as well you know like that was also my journey that I really had to step into and so and that was causing a lot of disease with him and that's why he was depressed and that's why he was upset because he couldn't appreciate himself and he couldn't give himself gratitude for the amazing human being that he is. And it doesn't matter how many new, you know, clients that he got into his company or how often I told him that he was incredible or how many vacations that we went on, he was unhappy. And so I would say that that's the first thing is if, if you're two partners that are not in love with themselves yet, then, you know, go on that journey of self-love and, um, and, you know, and, and that might be possible while you're still in the relationship. I'm not sure. I, I, that's not how it worked for me. I, I tried for, for two years um, and, and we weren't able to achieve it. But then when we stepped out of the relationship and got that space and said, hey, you go and deal with your stuff and I go and deal with my stuff. And then, you know, like, let's see. Um, by the way, we also created a conscious uncoupling video on YouTube. If anyone wants to see that, to actually see the moment of the breakup and of what we, and we said in that video too, we said, we might, we might get back together again. You know, like we actually like said it, we're like, that's, how, you know, we love each other. And if we're meant to be together again, we will, um, you know, and it, and it came to be that way. Um, but I think that was the most important thing. And, and when he went to London, like he first had a really tough, like really tough time, like a lot of darkness, a lot of pain. And, 
you know, we would message each other and he would just be like, Jeannie, I'm really, really struggling. But the thing was now is that he had to deal with that on his own. Like I couldn't be, you know, his crutch anymore or, or the, the vent where he's just like, okay, like I'm going to put that on you or you're going to have to fix it. But he's just like, well, I, I have to fix it. Like I actually really have to look like, what is it here? And I think what changed is, um, is also for one, like me getting over my ego and me not being like, oh, this is who I should be with. And this is what it should look like. And I always want a bigger, better man. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) always getting a new car or something, um, so that you feel better about yourself. Um, so, so me stepping more into my heart and being honest with myself of like, what do I really want? And also being prepared to work, um, on the relationship and, and to, um, to deal with someone's, you know, stresses, but not make it my own, Mm. like not take on that responsibility. And so for him, it was stepping into his self-love and really realizing how incredible he is, you know, how amazing he is. And so like when he then came here to Bali, like he made more money in his company the first month that he'd made in those six months. You know, he was just like accelerating and going and and now he's really like in the inquiry of of everything, you know? And um and and yeah, and I, I truly believe that he loves himself now. He really honors himself and um it's so beautiful to see and it's so beautiful to share that with another person when um when you feel like they're really strong and steady and could be there for you. Um, and I think, yeah, that's what changed is, is um, I got less into my ego and he started loving himself and we truly got honest um, about what we wanted and being committed to each other. Cause yeah, what I heard in what you were saying beforehand was that um, you were wanting to make him be happy but uh, mm-hmm. I guess on the journey, there's a realization that that's their job. We can't do that for mm-hmm. someone. It's just absolutely impossible because that, from what I've seen and my own experience is, is that the ego is never satisfied, right? Like it, it's, it's, it will always find something to make wrong. So regardless of whether it's once this is in place, then, then it will be okay. But then there'll be something else that's not okay. And so once that is in place, then that will be okay. And it can never be quenched. Like that, that thirst that we have for it to be okay can never be quenched when we think that something has, it's got something to do with the outside world or that something has to be in place so that once that's sorted, then this will be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I wonder how many, you know, relationships are in that dynamic right now around the self-love and around the ego. I think those are two just really, really important pillars to look at and, and just be really honest about. And, um, and there's like no right or wrong and there's nothing shameful about it. I still have my ego come up, you know, I still have my ego come up in, um, in, in different situations where I question, I'm like, Oh, well, is this really, you know, the best suitor for me or, you know, he has situations in which he comes up and, and, um, you know, questions his love for himself or questions how amazing he is. And, um, but that we're aware of it and that we maneuver with it and we realize that it's each to their own and that's, um, their own space to, and, and, you know, we'll be here witnessing and holding space and just showing love. Um, uh, but they need to kind of slay that dragon by themselves instead of us slaying it for them. Cause otherwise then they'll never learn. Yeah. And I, and I were born 
into this world alone. And I guess the only ever experience that we're having is our, is our own. So, but what I see, what I've seen time and time again is that couples who come from that place of love more of the time that they sit in that place Mm -hmm. more of the time that they are, don't come from that place of ego or attempt attempting to defend their reality are able to create really enormous things in the world because mm-hmm. that stuff, it comes and goes, but there is a default position where two people can come to co-create something even bigger than themselves. At least that's what I've seen. Have you found that to be true? 100%. Yeah. I have, um, some really lovely role models, um, in a relationship that have been a huge support. That's why I think it's so important that, you know, we share about this and we share about our relationships because like we learn from our fellow brothers and sisters who are, you know, sharing what they're, what they're doing. And, uh, two books that I really, really want to recommend on this that have <laughs> completely changed my life is, is one, um, uh, the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz. He also wrote the four agreements and in the mastery of love, I, I recommend just to get the audibles. Um, it's so easy just to listen to them. And um, so in the mastery of love, he talks about the whole fear and love relationship and um, about how like you can uh, compare like a true love relationship, like to the relationship that you have your to your dog. Right. So love your partner the way that your dog loves you. Like, like unasking, like just being there, like present, like every time you come home, it's like, you've been gone for a year. It's like, Oh my God, like, I love you. You're here. I love you so much, you know? Um, and I'm a huge dog person. So it's always really easy for me to, um, to relate to that and goes a lot into self-love. And then the second book that I would recommend is conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh and uh, Oscar and I were laying in bed and listening to it yesterday. Actually, he goes into relationships and Neil Donald Walsh is asking God, like, you know, why do, why do I have such, so much problem in relationships? And like, does it always have to be, you know, so, uh, full of so much conflict? Like, why can't they ever be happy? And, and God replies and says that the only, um, relationship you ever need to worry about is the relationship to self. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he said only two people that are in their highest relationship to self and their highest form of self-love can then come together and just be more, you know, you're, you're not looking for someone else to fill your cup to make you whole is two people as a whole coming together, just enjoying each other's wholeness. And, um, you know, I think if we think around who we know and, and, and our experiences, like who of us is like whole, right. In that sense, it's like the, again, that like ego striving for, for perfection. Right. Um, I think it's more that innate knowingness is just that you are like, you are perfection and you are already there. And it's just reminding yourself of that sometimes, you know, Um, and just when you lose yourself in that thought and just being like, Oh wait, like I am everything. I am perfect. You know, um, uh, I am love and I am beauty. And then stepping into that space then with your partner, even though maybe, you know, you forgot that a second ago and maybe you were fighting, but just reminding yourself and being like, okay, sorry, I'm here. I'm here with you. What? Like, let's go be awesome. Um, and so not, not trying to always, you know, counting the arguments and whatever, but it's just like, don't stop fighting, but just fight better, fight smarter, fight with more love, fight with more resolution. And, and, um, don't like keep on continuing those fights and getting into that routine and that pattern of, um, of, I I like to call it pain jerking, 
you're just like jerking off your pain because it feels good, you know? <laughs> I call it mental masturbation, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So if somebody's like, just one last question I have really, if somebody's mm-hmm. kind of attempting to figure out whether they should mm-hmm. stay or go, for example, like what would you, yeah. what would you speak, how would, what would you say, what, how would you speak to that? Mm-hmm. I would ask you how much do you feel um, you are giving right now, right? So first of all, like look at look at your piece. Um, are you really showing up? Are you really showing up in love? Are you really trying to um, listen and resolve and create and and grow together? Um, and I mean, first of all, like do you really love them? Like, is this the person that you love no matter what, right? That's, that's always important. And then, you know, how much are you showing up uh, to progress the relationship? And then if you say that you're doing everything, but from their side, you're not being met and they're, and they, they don't want to grow and they don't want to show up and they don't want to, to work on it. And, um, Mm -hmm. then, then you kind of have to, at that point, just, just be like, okay, then that's, that's what you decide. And that's what's in your highest good. And, and just just really look and in my situation like i really felt like i was being abused by my partner like i like because of their self abuse that abuse was coming onto me and so if you are now being abused in that way right if you are dealing with someone who is who has you know self loathing depression or or something like that then i would just recommend get out of that situation right get out of that situation as long as that's still occurring because you can always go back 6 months later there's no problem really breaking off that context and taking a break so that each of you can go and deal with your, um, you know, with, with what you have. And, and if it, if it comes to the place where you, you don't think that they're able to resolve that, where they're able to resolve their, you know, self-loathing or, or pain, um, then that's okay. You know, then, then, then there'll be someone else, but, um, really just see if like, if you want to like, and also write down the reasons of, like truly in your heart of why you are in the relationship. And if you're finding yourself writing a lot of things because like, cause that person makes you happy and they make you happy. And you know, that at the core of your foundation, there's so much love and there's so much care, but if it's, you know, for the kids or if it's for what will other people say or the disappointment or the, then, then I, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, um, you know, I, I know that especially in families, um, parents like to argue for their children and say, well, we're staying together for the kids. Um, my, my, one of my best friends, her parents, they, they, they wanted a divorce. They were ready to break up, but they said, we won't break up until our son is 18. Um, so that in order not to scar him or whatever. And I couldn't disagree with that more. Uh, I'm, I'm a child of divorce. My parents, you know, had many different partners and for a child, that's no problem at all. There's nothing bad about having different partners. There's everything wrong with showing your children fear and pain and aggression and, and, and mismatch. And, and you're putting up a wrong example of what love is because you should be in your highest excitement with your partner, you know, as, as much as you can be. And if you're just saying like, oh, we're staying together for the kids, like it's so painful. What it's, it's like not even for you, like forget about you. If you're saying you want to be self-sacrificing and only care for your children, I just want to tell you how much pain, how much pain you're giving your children through doing that because they're always going to feel guilty and they're going to see the pain that you feel. They're so, they're so receptive to what you feel. And, um, 
and they're just going to resent you later. Like just being like, why did you stay with mom? Why did you stay with dad? Like, I didn't ask you to do that. Especially when, when they're young, you know, like, cause when, when they're younger, like when they're five or six or something like that, then, you know, maybe they're like, Oh, well, why, we you know, why, why is dad not living with us anymore? Like, of course they would rather prefer that. But then the more that they understand and the more that they see the happier that you are when dad is not living with you, they're like, Oh, actually that was a great decision. Like, great mom. Like don't treat them like, don't treat your kids like kids, you know, <laughs> don't belittle them. There's such empowered, amazing human beings that are so much smarter than we are. They've come to the world with so much more information than we have. Don't treat them like they don't know or that they don't understand that they don't see, you know? Yeah, um, that's so true. I see that with my son. I mean, I co-parent mm-hmm. transatlantically with my ex, but um, we've managed to create an environment which I can go and stay there. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. I stay at his house and we hang out together and yes. Leo gets to see that. So I'm really proud of what we've built there. It hasn't been easy. We've had to put our shit to one side, but basically we're in a really good place mm-hmm. now because we always said that we would put leave our ego at the door and ensure yeah. that, that Leah would come first. And that's sacred and that's honorable. That's you actually stepping up and not like, it's not honorable. Like, okay, let's live in the same house and hate each other, you know, for the, for the honorment of our son. That's not honoring your son. That's really like, what you just said, those words, we're going to leave our egos at the door when we come together and I'm going to sleep over and we're going to chat so that he sees good role models of like the, the divine feminine and the divine masculine honoring each other. And, um, that's what it's about. So yeah, thank you for like being able to bring that into as an example, because it's, yeah, that's, I wish that my parents would have done that. My parents haven't spoken to each other in like 19 years. Wow. Like what's honorable about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Virginia, if somebody wants to contact you, they want to say hello, they want to, you know, check you out. (laughs) How can they do that? For sure. So um, Instagram is definitely, I think, the main platform that I use at the moment. I, I even stopped checking my Facebook messages. So Instagram at my full name, Virginia Salas Castillo. And they can also check out our website, I trust you.love. We have a lot of like cool stuff on there. We also have a meditation that I really um, recommend for partners um, to just like lay down with your partner. And that's the thing was like really creating those sacred spaces, lay down with your partner on the bed, close your eyes and play the meditation. And it'll really go into a space of healing. So cool. I want to check that out. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody got as much as, uh, out of it as I did today. And thank you, Virginia. It was beautiful to share the space with you today. Yes. Thank so, you for having me. And thank you for bringing this beautiful love out into the world. So, podcast. thank you. Thank you. And so, until the next time, bye bye for now. And there we have it, another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may well enjoy the book as well. You can either download a free chapter, www.marinapearson.com slash chapter, where I go into much more depth into how we can create more time and space as mums. And if that doesn't fly and you're more curious about getting the entire book, then you can do that too at www.marinapearson.com slash pre-order. There you'll find a page with all the amazing goodies that you'll get if you pre-order it before the 10th of May. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.